Welcome to another episode of the Sirs Group podcast. I'm JC. And I'm Barbara. And today we're talking about one of my favorite topics. This was a game changer for me in my treatment. It's limbic retraining or the process of rewiring neural pathways. And we're definitely going to talk about what that is and everything. Uh, but we have first our disclaimer. Yes, we are not medical professionals. We are SIRS patients. We've read the textbooks. We've read other books, lots of books, all the books on things like this topic. Um, but always, of course, consult with your SIRS practitioner uh, if you choose to do anything, as always. So just to give you a little preface in terms of like why I'm so passionate about this, I got like 90% through my SIRS treatment and I was just miserable. I was unpleasant to be around. I have apologized to Barbara like a million times for what a pain in the butt I was, but I was just angry all of the time. And I had one night where I was given bad news about a friend and my mind just started spinning. And that night I had an autoimmune flare and it was the first autoimmune flare I'd had in a very long time since I started my SIRS treatment. And it was the first time it really clicked for me that our mind, our thoughts directly impact our physical well-being. And I heard this put recently in a really, you know, practically descriptive way where they said, I could say enough words right now to make you think enough thoughts to make you feel nauseous. Like how many times have you like been given bad news? And in that moment, you flipped from maybe feeling really positive to all of a sudden having that hit in your stomach. Oh, yeah. Like right now. I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, but no, I have, yeah, definite memories of things like that happening. Sure. That's crazy. But it's true. It's true. And I think most people go through life and, and maybe it's not like, oh, you, someone you love just died. Like it's not, doesn't have to be that extreme, right? It's just something that just kind of sucks. Your boss gave you some like negative feedback and now you're just in this tailspin of like this day sucks. Everything sucks. I hate my job. Am I going to get fired? You just spin. Maybe not everyone goes into like that far, but but I think that happens quite a bit and you never... And then when you have like GI issues that night or you had, you know, your autoimmune flare, you don't necessarily connect those dots. And I, I think they're just so much. So there's they're totally intertwined. Um, and it's fun. It's fun. It's good to have that awareness so that you can kind of untangle that and you can be a little bit more in control and mm. um, and just ride that wave in a more healthy way and hopefully avoid some flares as a result, right? I mean, that's the end end goal is to like not feel shitty. 100%. And I'll just say this at the start because I think it's really good to have this permission. When I first started my surge treatment, I was not mentally in the space where I could handle limbic retraining. It felt like toxic positivity to me. It felt pointless to me. I think I hadn't had enough physiological recovery in order for the brain retraining to really be super effective for me. So if you're someone who you're hearing the things we're talking about, or you're hearing, you know, brain retraining type practices like gratitudes and positive mindset and bringing more joy into your life, and that just doesn't feel true for you right now. 100%, I'm going to validate that for you. It may not be the moment for you, and it might be something you just want to have the awareness of and keep in your back pocket and revisit when it does feel more supportive of your individual journey. And to kind of like piggyback on that idea, some some practitioners of limbic retraining 
pretty strongly believe that that's all you need to heal. And I don't think that that is always true either. And I think that can be very disheartening to somebody who feels very sick. And they, the first thing they do is try limbic retraining. It was probably not the first thing, but the thing that they do before treatment is, is limbic training, limbic retraining. And then, um, and they don't get better and they're just like, oh, you know, they just throw their hands up, but like you, they, they may have done it too soon. And you do need to have, in many cases, I'm not going to say all, but in many cases, you need that physical treatment, whatever that is, medication or supplements or different lifestyle or more sleep or insert all the things here. You need those things in addition to the limbic retraining. That, so that's, if, if you feel like, oh, you tried it once and it didn't work for you, just like you, JC, you had to come revisit it again later on in your healing. So I'm going to try and go through this and explain what limbic training is and how it can help and like different methods you can pursue. And I'm going to try to do this quickly. We did a class in the stars group and I just love this topic so much. I went way over the time we had prepared for that. So what is limbic retraining? We talked about our thoughts directly impact our physical state in a really great way that I think a context a lot of people are aware of is Pavlov's dog. This Russian scientist taught dogs to salivate at the sound of a bell because every time he would feed them, he would ring a bell. So eventually the dogs realized that the bell meant food, which would make them salivate. For people who are chronically ill, we develop neural pathways where because we're sick all the time, it's like we constantly have that trigger. We're constantly being given fed the food. So even in the absence of the bell, we're going to salivate or in our case, typically have some sort of reaction. So what neural retraining, limbic retraining, brain retraining is, is it's taking those neural pathways that we have established through our chronic illness that are responding to the incorrect triggers and we're rewiring them. We're telling them, nope, you're not going to respond to XYZ trigger anymore. Instead, you're going to do this. And I like to think of this as ruts in a dirt road. I grew up on a dirt road and anytime it would rain, the road became very malleable. And any car that drove over that, like those were the new ruts that you were going to be driving on for the next six months. I grew up in Tucson. It hardly ever rained. Um, And what neural retraining is, is really creating new ruts. And so hopefully you're creating more positive ruts over time. There is a book that I read recently called The Brain That Changes Itself. And I won't go into all the details, but there are some stories of incredible retraining of brains like if you want to get an ex- some quite a few examples of like ridiculous retraining like we're talking stroke victims whose half of their brain just got fried and they had to relearn how to walk and talk and eat and literally everything but they stuck with it and they did and they they could and they ended up like hiking and like living relatively normal lives and when they did the autopsy later they found like half the brain was just bleh, like not like it's crazy. My point is it's amazing. These new neural pathways that your brain can create if you work on it and you try. So if you think that, you know, that stroke victim can, can basically get back to normal life, just think about what you can do, uh, when you put your mind to it literally, uh, in the same way. That book sounds really cool. I'm definitely going to check it out, but yeah, the stroke victims is a, a great way to put it of like how extreme, neural rewiring can be. Um, And it's so fascinating how malleable our brains are as well. And I I think this is where that physiological aspect came in for me. 
too, in terms of like, I think to a certain extent, you have to have a certain level of uh, reduction in your neural inflammation in order to help rewire those pathways and make sure that your brain is malleable enough for that to happen. So when we're talking about brain retraining, I think some people think of it in a really specific subset, like, oh, maybe it would help me with this or that. Um, but actually it has quite a broad application. So the thing that it helped me with the most was like my mood regulation. And again, this was a pretty extreme mood issue that I was having where it was causing me physical reactions. And so it can really help with that mood regulation and making sure you're in a more positive mood state, whatever that looks like for you. Another thing it can help with, and especially for SIRS patients, we learn that we're genetically susceptible to, you know, biotoxins. And then we learn that biotoxins are everywhere. And how do you operate within a world where you're not okay reacting to the things that are all around you. And so a lot of us can develop kind of like this fear of the genes that we have or this fear of, you know, mold and biotoxins being in our environment. And ultimately, as someone who has done the protocol and has since then traveled, ultimately the biggest step to being able to, you know, go out in environments post-healing is just having that confidence in you know what, I have the tools in hand to be okay after this. I know what I need to do to avoid exposure as much as possible. We've done tons of episodes about like how to travel after SIRS or how to manage SIRS after, you know, you go through treatment. So definitely check out those episodes. But the last piece of that is really, you know, making sure you mentally are prepared to not give yourself a reaction to something and brain retraining can certainly help with that. Yes. It's uh, definitely is connected to that belief that you can heal the, the, the desire to heal, the desire to move on past, uh, past this illness. Even if you are going to have to keep dealing with it in some capacity here and there going forward, it can become a much smaller part of your life um, in the future because you are going to heal and go through the protocol and become much more resilient in the future. So you need to know that that's possible. And that is why we do talk about people who have healed and we try to bring those stories to light so that you are inspired to know that it's possible. Um, but that hope and that knowledge is really going to help you move forward and really believe it because that is going to help you heal too. You don't want to get stuck in, in the illness cycle. The other thing it can help with is histamine responses. So people who are overly reactive to things, they're overly reactive to a certain extent because they have that Pavlov's dog issue where they're hearing bells that aren't really there. So by doing the neural retraining, you can eliminate those incorrect neural pathways that were created by being chronically ill. And then I think for me, the biggest benefit I had from brain retraining, even more than the mood regulation, was just having a better baseline. Now, whenever something negative you know, I experience something that gives me a negative emotional response, it's so much easier and it's so much faster for me to flip back into a positive state. And I think this resilience is what I'm going to call it. This resilience is not only mental, it's also physical. So in terms of like my physical surge treatment has made me more res resilient. And now my mental surge treatment has also made me more resilient. So I'm very um, hopeful and encouraged in the fact that if I am exposed to a biotoxin, it's going to be that much easier for me to flip back into a positive mental and physical state. It's a beautiful thing. So I'm excited to hear more about like all the different, there's like a ton of different ways to do this. So you can kind of find your 
flavor that you love. And something that you always say is like the best limbic retraining is the one that you can stick with. So really try them out or like look into all of them. Don't just take one um, and just find the one that works best for you and the way your brain thinks. And that whatever you can do consistently is going to be the sweet spot for sure. Yes. So the two like big name programs are Gupta and DNRS. Those are the kind of the programs that I started with when I first had surge first started my surge treatment. And I was like, whoa, this is really prescriptive and you have to do like an hour a day. And it just felt like too much. But for some people, it's exactly what they need. They need like that focus, they need that intention, and they need that very specific direction and practice behind the neural retraining in order for it to stick to them. So there's kind of pros cons there, but that's definitely one option. A lot of people uh, love and maybe would be correct for you. And I think you can kind of tell just like, are you someone who needs like that, that discipline kind of blinders on either side? Can you commit that much time per day? I know when I, you know, was first getting into surge treatment, my brain clarity just wasn't there. I was like, I cannot read a wall of text for an hour a day. That's just not going to happen. Um, but at this point in my journey, like I think those programs would be much more accessible to me. The other consideration that I would look into if I was looking for brain retraining are groups. Um, I actually coach in a group. So just very quickly going to plug Wired for Healing. We'll leave a link in the description box. They do five live classes a week. There's something to that. And we've done an episode about why community is so important. And I think just having that accountability and having that, you know, you're not going through this alone and that, that, you know, practice of being with people, that connection, that in itself is neural retraining. So that can be super helpful if you're someone who is looking for that connection and that community in conjunction with whatever brain retraining practices you're doing. I'll say that the other cool thing about Wired for Healing is there's multiple coaches. Um, so kind of in that sense of like finding a practice that resonates with you, because there's so many people you can kind of take little nuggets of information from, you can kind of take what works for you and leave the rest. Um, it's a really special environment when you're in a group like that. And then I did see that Nutrition with Judy recently opened up a mind-body program. I think it's closed now, but you can sign up for the wait list. Yeah, but that is similar. It's a group-based thing where, um, and it's led by actually uh, her therapist on staff, which is nice. And they they go through lots of different modalities within that program. So that's another good taste tester uh, kind of way with also the community benefit, the group calls and all that fun stuff uh, mixed in. So it's, it's a very robust program from what I can see. Um, and yeah, get on the wait list if you're interested in that one. So the thing that really worked for me personally when I was looking into the brain retraining after I had that night of no sleep that caused the autoimmune flare, I just had this intuitive sense that what I needed in my life was more joy. Like I felt like everything was super heavy. And so I am really cheap. And I looked up this uh, just joy on my library app and it came back with the joy plan by Kaya Roman. And I read this book in one night. I was just so impressed with it. It was a good balance for me of like woo woo and science. It had, you know, larger concepts, but then these like really practical application that you could immediately implement. Um, and so that was ultimately what helped me with my brain retraining. That was my foot in the door was reading that book. And it literally was like a, a flip in me switched overnight when I was just like, oh, it can be possible. Like even knowing that that was a potential possibility for me of like, 
I don't have to be in misery and feel like you were all the time. Like just that was enough to keep me going. Um, and it was again, so accessible because it's immediately implementable and it's just tiny daily practices where it's like, you can't even argue against it because some of them are very passive practices. So even if you don't have energy or don't have bandwidth, it's something you can do now. Yeah. And the thing I really liked about that book, because I read it after you did when you recommended it so highly, uh, is that it's like memoir style, which I I enjoy. That's a style that I enjoy anyway, but but with a lot of like tactical to do's. So she she would use her her life as kind of a story example and then kind of and then lead you through how to deal with that thing and and how to implement that part of the plan in your own life. So it was just really well written, engaging. I'm not shocked that you read it in a day. Like I think I read it pretty quickly myself. It's just a very easy book to read. And then the last little plug that I'll do is in the within the service group we do classes. We do monthly classes and one of the first classes we did was on limbic retraining where I actually share some of the practices that I've implemented in my own life. Um, for people who are just looking for, again, that easy access point, that starting point to starting their own limbic retraining journey. Um, so if you're interested in more resources and support on your search journey, you can join us over at thesearchgroup.com. Yeah, and go straight to that class. You'll have access. We'll see you there. <laughs>